morning. How's everybody doing today? All right. I hope you have come ready to worship the Lord today and engage in his word. Um, definitely got, uh, I, or I should say, I, I believe that God has great stuff in store for us today. A uh, few things I want to mention to you that are just worth announcing. Um, last Sunday of April, a number of things happening that morning. It's a, it's a don't miss Sunday. Um, n- probably not the most exciting part of it is we do have elections that morning, but it's an important part of, of, of how we uh, get leadership into place. If you are a member of our church, uh, it's an important part of your duty to um, participate in those elections. If you're not a member but are interested in becoming a member, I need to hear from you because we're going to take in members that morning. Uh, So please reach out to me, um, and you can do so by calling me or texting me or just coming up to me after service today. And uh, let's we'll spend some time um, and and we'll uh, bring you up to speed on what becoming a member means and looks like. The big part of that morning, though, is we have a special guest coming in. Um, Yolanda Corky. Did I say her name correctly, George? Yep. Did I do good there? Yolanda Corky. Um, And. um She and her husband were taken captive by al-Qaeda operatives. This was two or three years ago. And her husband was killed by al-Qaeda. And she comes with a profound testimony, a story, um, that it is is one that you won't want to miss. So that is a don't miss Sunday. It's the last Sunday of April. Put that on your calendar. Make sure you are here that morning to experience um, all that's taking place then. Uh, one other thing that I want to mention is May the 20th is our graduation Sunday. If you have a graduate in your family that you want to honor that morning, we need to hear from you. We, got, we have information we are trying to collect from our graduates. I'm not just talking about high school. You might have a college graduate in your family. I happen to be one of those. I will be graduating with my Master's of Divinity in two weeks. Yes. Uh, I squeezed four years into five. It was hard. Um, so, yeah. Um, but uh, so it's a great accomplishment when you when you graduate. And we want to honor those that are graduating. So if you have someone that you want to do that, uh, uh, we need to hear from you. And it is Pastor Scott. Just wave at us, Pastor Scott. Uh, he's the one collecting that information. Make sure he hears from you. Okay, that's May the twentieth. All right, let's stand together. Please do greet one another, and then we'll join together in worship.
Good morning. Let's uh, just take a moment. Remember where we're at. Why we're here. Just breathe a little bit. Father, we're reminded that you made Pikes Peak, that you know the innermost parts of ourselves, that you are in charge of the wind. working when we cannot see it. We're thankful, Father, for mercies that are new today. All of them are new today. When we get rid of all of our labels, we're a plumber, we're a mother, we're a teenager, we're a widow, cancer survivor, when we get rid of all of our labels at the very core, we are just your child. We are defined by you, not by our labels. So we rest in that. We rest in that goodness. Thank you. Thank you. We all said. Doxology.
just quickly, blessings. What blessing? Just shout it out that you feel like is from God this morning. A blessing from Him. Family, grace, peace, provision, best friends. Uh-oh. Health, freedom, music, church, faithfulness, amazing husbands. She has more than one, apparently. God should know this. Say it again. Amazing pastors. She has more than one. She does. Blessings. Any more? Safety. Grandchildren. Strength. All her blessings flow. Do you believe that? Blessed sure Jesus is mine. And oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Right here. I'm an heir of salvation. Purchase. at rest. 
praise him in good we praise him in bad we praise him when we're confused we praise him when we doubt we praise him when we don't have any money we praise him when everything seems good father teach us to praise you it shows that we trust you we all said may be seated in your seats. Jesus tells us in scripture several times that we should be like little children. And he tells us we'll be led by little children. And I think most of you in this room have been around little kids. And when you do something that makes them laugh or makes them find joy, what do they do? They say, do it again. Do it again. And every time we do that, they say that again. And they know. They have that confidence that we are going to do it again. And with Jesus, that's what he wants us to be like. When we see his hand in our lives, when he answers a prayer, when he walks with us through a death of a loved one, when he walks with us through illness, when he walks with us through marriage struggles and financial struggles, loss of job, he wants us to have that confidence that when we go through something again, he will do it again. We will see him do it again. We need to have that confidence that we are still in his hands and we can have Trust in his faithfulness. Amen. Will you let Hermine sing this over you? Walking around 
Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet.
Still, Father, still, we are still in your hands. Father, there are people in this room right now that for the last two weeks, they feel like you are nowhere to be found, that you have forgotten, that you can't see, that you've left us. Father, will you speak to them right now? You give them a confidence that you are still there. You're still here. You're still in. You're still about us. You're still for us. But Father, nothing is working out. My plans are all gone. And he is saying to you this morning, I am still here. I am still with you. I still have you. Be confident. Be confident. Stand in that. I am still with you. I am still here. When everything feels like it is all going away, I am not. Jesus says to us all today, I am never going to leave you. Be confident of that. Still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. Just let them sing. I'm still in your hands. Come on. One more time. I'm still. We just rest. I know there's those thinking probably it, it does feel like God has failed me. 
Yes, it does. He is way smarter, way bigger, way stronger than our little perspective. Help us remember. my king just whisper to him right now, your heavenly father, what he is king over, what he is in charge of in your life. Will you tell him? To him who sits on 
to him. To him who sits on heaven's mercy. Jesus, you are the Holy One. You are the Anointed One. You are the Messiah. We honor you today with our lips. We honor you today with our tongues, with our words. We honor you today with our hearts, knowing that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So our praise comes to you today from the core of who we are. Because you are in the process of transforming us and renewing us. Our hearts and our minds are being changed and transformed by you. And it is inside of that process that we, that we cry out and praise to you. We thank you for what you have been doing. Regardless of life circumstances, regardless of what work has been like or home has been like, regardless of what the community, our nation, or our world has been like, we cry out in praise to you and, and in thanks to you for what you have been doing. And we thank you in advance for what you are going to do, believing it is our faith in you. It's belief that, that you have our stuff in your hands, that our stuff matters to you like we matter to you, our concerns, our burdens our stressors, our anxieties, all of these things, we release them into your hands, into your care. Whether we have answers in this moment or not, whether we ever receive answers or not, we entrust these things into you. Because we want, we want to be able to breathe deeply in your presence. We want to find a resting place. We want to be filled with joy instead of anxiety. Peace instead of fear. We want to be overcomers, not overwhelmed. Thank you for how you accomplish these things in us and even through us. We are your people called by your name. We park ourselves at your feet today with open ears, open hearts, and open minds to your word. A lamp to our feet and a light unto our path. We cling to it chase after it. We long for it. And it penetrates to the core of who we are. Like a double-edged sword, the writer of Hebrews says. So, that is our reality today. Thank you for how you're going to speak to us. And it's in Christ's name we all pray. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. And as you are doing so, I'd like to invite our ushers to join 
me up front here as we prepare to bring our gift to him. Jesus, thank you for your provision. Thank you in advance for the provision that is coming. Take what we have to offer you today. Use it. Bless it. Multiply it. Accomplish your kingdom purposes with it, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Perfect submission. All is at rest. I in my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, I'm looking up. know who wrote that song? Anybody? Fanny Crosby. Fanny Crosby. Fanny Crosby. What do we know about Fanny Crosby? She was blind. Should have told you that before we started singing that song. Nazarene trivia lesson right there. Uh, we're going to dig into the word here in just a minute. I want to invite you to just, if you if you open up your welcome packet here, just a, a few things to, to take note of. I didn't invite you to do that earlier. Please look through that. One thing I need to highlight, the uh, life coaching uh, advertisement in here. Uh, we just, we have the phone number a little bit wrong, and we want to make sure that if you're trying to reach Cynthia, her phone number is actually 8994. Correct? 8994, not 8944. So if she was somebody that you've been trying to reach, uh, we just had her number wrong in there. We'll get make that adjustment. And um, well, what a great offering she is making to our church family there. For anybody that just needs to be coached up a little bit, um, she does wonderful with that. Acts chapter 1. Book of Acts chapter 1. We're still in post-resurrection mode. We're still in post-resurrection phase of history here. There was a period of about 40 days where Jesus was appearing to his followers before ascending into heaven. That's, that's the period of time that we're in in our reading, and, and we'll even see 
his ascension happen in this reading. The book of Acts is actually a second part of, of, a, of a two-book writing that Luke brings to Scripture. Luke was not one of the first generation apostles. Luke was an understudy of Paul. Luke didn't see Jesus face to face like the other apostles. In fact, if in, in case you didn't understand the distinction of an apostle from a disciple, an apostle are the ones that are first generation. They saw Jesus with their own eyes, touched him with their own hands, heard his voice, their own ears. That's the distinction of, of an apostle. Of course, none of us in this room uh, fit that bill. We are disciples. We, we are followers of the way, followers of, of the teachings that the apostles brought to second generation and beyond. So we're still in that first generation phase. And Luke continues the story. Gospel of Luke shared all the way up through Jesus' death and resurrection. The book of Acts continues the story as we begin to see the church unfold. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering... He presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Is it, is it go time now? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. And they were standing there, looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood right there before them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. And everybody says, we are still looking forward to that time. These people had a, had a, had a real belief that Jesus was returning any moment. We're still in that phase. In fact, yet another whole set of predictions coming to us by the way of internet and the news that 
April 23rd now is the day in which Jesus will return. So let me just tell you that you can go ahead and cross that one off. It might happen on the 22nd. It might happen on the 24th. I guarantee you it will not happen on the 23rd because no one knows the times or the dates. So when somebody comes out with a prediction like that, I just go ahead and cross that one off. It's not going to be that day. You'll make it all the way through the day and you'll wake up. I, you know, we, we, there's still this energy that continues to come with these predictions. I don't know how these guys keep getting the microphone put in their face. And I certainly don't know how, why people continue to buy their books, but they do. This, even the first generation had this intensity that Jesus was returning in their lifetimes. In fact, it is the exact reason why they're looking up into the sky. They just assumed, because see, they were in this phase. Jesus was coming and he was going, coming and going, coming and going. He would disappear, but he would reappear. So this is this, this is this new phase and they were used to it. So they were just standing there expecting for Jesus to come right back, reappear, and they would continue on inside of this phase. But they didn't realize that a, a new phase, a third phase, was being ushered in. First phase was this regular relationship with Jesus, walking around with him day in, day out, morning, noon, and night. He dies, he's buried, he raises from the dead, we're in phase two now where he comes and he goes. They have just watched him physically ascend into the heavens. I, I um, My family was in Orlando, Florida a number of years ago while the space shuttle program was still in place. And we got to witness a space shuttle launch. And what, a, what an amazing thing it is to see this thing physically leave Earth and it's going 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 and then, and then you see it no more. Something really profound about that. That is, that is exactly what these apostles had witnessed. Continuing with an expectation that he was coming right back. But phase three has now been ushered in wait for the gift that my father has promised which you have heard me speak about still unsure they don't know exactly what jesus is talking about so many things that jesus said wasn't like just directly to where they could understand it he 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 talked between the lines a lot was this another parable what what gift? What 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 is he speaking about? Are we are we to go back to Jerusalem because he's going to show up there and, and present us with a gift? Okay, well well Jesus is is this a time if you're sending us back to Jerusalem? Is this a time where you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? This this is a sensible question. It's totally within context. Jesus is saying, all right, I I've. I, I fulfilled the work of salvation, death and resurrection. It's happened now. Now I want you to go back to Jerusalem and wait for the gift. All right, is this, is this the time? Is this where we're headed now? 
Jerusalem, after all, is the center, center point of, of, of Israel. They were anticipating the full restoration of, of Israel. Of course, they had no idea that it would just be a matter of 30, 40 years that Jerusalem would be destroyed. That the Israel that they, had, that they currently walked in and understood would, would be in ruins. We function today in 2018 with the notion that, that Israel has been restored as of what, 1947, 48? The restoration of Israel was something that, that they were intently looking towards. This, these, these prophecies that you find in Jeremiah and Ezekiel where, where the, the, they would be gathered back together and and King David or this this kingly being would would be ruling over them today, and it's it's in the line of David, in the heart of David, as Ezekiel presents it. I, I don't. I'm I'm not sure that that we are in a time where Israel has been restored this way. Does, I don't I don't see that. So maybe we are in that time frame. Maybe we aren't. Maybe that has happened. Maybe it hasn't. A lot of the prophecies that, that or, or a lot of these things where these guys show up and they say, okay, now it's happening now, it's happening now. Their calendar has a lot to do with 1948. Maybe we're inside of that time. Maybe not. But Jesus' words, his response is pretty clear. It's not for you to know that. Really, that's not the most important thing. He will return. He is coming back. And he will come back just as he departed. So his, will, his return will be like this. It's, he's, he's, he's coming just as he left. He's going to return that way. That is going to happen. We can, we can believe that. The when, it's not for us to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The how he's going to return, we, we have a pretty good understanding of. The when, we don't have any idea. Yet uh, our purpose unfolds. This new era, this new reality, this new era is ushered in. Go back to Jerusalem and wait for the gift. That gift is going to be empowerment. That gift is going to be my Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to be ushered in and the church is going to be born. Remember, when, when Jesus died on the cross, when he was saying his last words, it is finished. When he breathed his last breath, at that moment the temple curtain 
was ripped in two. We're, we're inside of this space. Uh, we, I, don't, I wish I could look into what was happening inside of the temple on this particular day as Jesus is ascending. How, how, what kind of chaos is still unfolding inside of, of that system that's, that these church leaders are desperately trying to hold together? How is the Holy of Holies even functioning now? When the temple curtain was torn in two, the temple curtain, I mean, we're talking about this huge curtain, four inches thick, because behind the curtain was the Holy of Holies. The Ark of the Covenant rested there. This is where the presence of God dwelt. Only one person, one time of the year, was even allowed into that place, the great high priest, who, by the way, was absolutely the forefront leader of Jesus's being handed over to Pilate and ultimately being crucified. This curtain was ripped in two. As I see it, God himself released himself from that space known as the Holy of Holies. It was just days earlier that Jesus had walked into the front doors of the temple, turning things over and kind of pitching a fit, cleansing out the temple. He's arrested and crucified. It was just days earlier that Jesus walked through the front door. I love the imagery of God releasing himself out the back door. Temple curtain torn in two. God releases himself from the Holy of Holies. And now this whole new phase, this whole new paradigm, whole new reality is being ushered in. Wait for the gift that my Father has promised you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. The era of the presence of the Holy Spirit, the the manifested presence of the Holy Spirit in His people is going to be ushered in. See, this was the real game changer. These apostles had witnessed Jesus' death. Luke just finished saying, after His suffering, Let's pause there for a moment. Most of the time, and I'll speak for myself, I'll imagine that you're included in this. Most of the time when I think of Jesus' suffering, it's it's the, the physical torture, crucifixion that Jesus has endured. But let's understand... But that's only part of the suffering. He was betrayed by one of his own. His closest followers say kind of had scattered. There were there were a few there witnessing, but we know even Peter being there witnessing all this. He publicly denies even knowing Jesus. 
Jesus is mocked. He's laughed at. He's ridiculed. We, we focus a lot on the physical things, but let's just think about all the mental and relational things that were taking place. I highlight that because we've all experienced those things. We know what it's like to be betrayed. We know what it's like to be ridiculed. We know what it's like to be mocked. We know what it feels like to be laughed at. We know what it's like to be rejected, denied. Jesus was numbered with the transgressors. In the midst of Jesus' suffering, he engages the reality, the suffering reality of humanity. Whatever your journey He knows. And it's not just a head knowledge. There's a heart knowledge. Jesus has experienced that pain, that sorrow, that agony. He suffered. And can we can understand that he was numbered with the sufferers. Numbered with the transgressors. He understands. I, I want to linger there because perhaps there are some in this room that just feel like, and I think Todd alluded to this earlier, now Jesus just has been absent. He just doesn't get it. Where's God in the midst of all this? And I, I want to reiterate, He knows. After his suffering, verse 3, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. We we have record of, of some of those. But it's interesting, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 uh, tells us about a, an appearance that isn't recorded in one of the Gospels. Apostle Paul tells us that, that Jesus appeared to over 500 people. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, look it up. There's an event where over 500 people were, were visited by Jesus. So we're not just talking about the word of 10 or 11 or 12 people. Hundreds. In fact, Paul says, by the way, many of them are still alive. So we have first-person accounts continuing to be delivered to the church, even 20, 25, 30 years after Jesus' ascension. First-hand accounts, many, not just a few, many that are able to say, I saw him with my own eyes, I heard him with my own voice, perhaps even many of them, I touched him with my own hands. Because it was important to know this was not a ghost. This was not an aberration. This was not a Jesus' spirit in some way appearing before them. He rose physically from the dead, overcoming death. The core of our belief is that Jesus conquered death, conquered sin, and conquered the results of sin, death. 
That is the core of our victory. It's the core of, of, of everything that we believe and stand on. Jesus' resurrection. And the Holy Spirit, the gift that is being promised, when the Holy Spirit comes, next chapter, chapter 2, the Holy Spirit begins to testify, witness to everything that Jesus did and said. Really, it's at that point when, when the scales begin to fall off of the eyes and the ears and the minds of the, the, those apostles that saw and heard they were, they were enduring it. They were walking through it. They, they were experiencing it, but there was just no understanding. But it's when the Holy Spirit comes on them, indwells them, fills them, that understanding begins to really set in. Oh, that's what he meant when, oh, when, remember when he did that? that and, and all of a sudden they begin to connect all the dots. And they write it down for us. Because, see, they weren't just being bringing testimony to Jerusalem. They weren't just bringing testimony to Jerusalem and Judea. They weren't just bringing testimony to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, but it was to go to the ends of the earth. So they wrote it down. Their account. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I, I, I think that that picture is very particular. Our relationship with the Holy Spirit is supposed to be all-consuming. It's not just a guy that we call and hang out with on occasion. Hey, Holy Spirit, got some time to hang out? The baptism of the Holy Spirit is all-consuming. It's immersion. Jesus uses that picture poignantly. Just as you experienced the baptism in the water where you went all the way under and you came all the way out. That picture of dying to yourself and joining in the death and resurrection of, of Christ. Just as you in, have engaged that understanding, that picture, that ideology, that theology, I'm telling you that that, that is the relationship we are to have with the Holy Spirit. It is all-consuming. It's immersion. It's being completely invaded by, enveloped by Him. As you watch the apostle and the disciple walk through the book of Acts, you see amazing things you see the display of power that is upon them because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. That is to still be our reality today. It's not just a first generation thing. 
have you allowed that to happen in your life? Or has your relationship with God or the Holy Spirit just kind of been buddy-buddy? Or has there been a real immersion? Have you, have you invited the Holy Spirit to own you and consume you and wash over you and baptize you? When that happens, you will receive power when he comes on you. Now, there's a whole lot of teaching on gifts and fruits of the Spirit. Some I agree with and some I don't. But I know that the power is not from, when I have power functioning in me, it's not for me. It is through me. When I have power functioning in me, it's not for me, it's through me. It's not so that it makes me greater or look cooler or more awesome. But there is kingdom purposes that are supposed to be accomplished because of that power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and... See, if it was just, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, period. There would be a whole different idea about how the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit is supposed to look. Oh, wow, that guy is awesome. He needs to go on tour. Look what he can do. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. You will be simply bringing testimony to who I am and what I have done. And when it's needed, when it's necessary, the power will present itself for the purpose of pointing to me, Jesus. These men and women were hiding behind closed doors, and when they are empowered by the Holy Spirit, they can't help it. they got to go out. And they they begin to walk the streets. They begin to share the gospel with whoever would listen to them, whether it was the beggar at at the at at, at the the gates of the temple called Beautiful, where he gets up and he's healed and he begins to praise God. Whether where whether it's a beggar on the street or whether they're standing in front of judges and magistrates and kings. Regardless of where they are, they they are empowered and they go and they they simply are Jesus' hands and feet and voices. You will receive power. That is supposed to be our reality today. Is it yours? Or is it something that you're longing for? With, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. We've talked a lot over the last few weeks about salvation. Today, we're talking about baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
sanctification. Where we take on the picture of water baptism in regards to our the spirit. Have you died to yourself and invited the Holy Spirit to own you and consume you and invade you and surround you and envelop you? That this is the transformational power at work. Has that been your reality? Maybe there are some in here that that is not been kind of what you want. Jesus, in a moment like this, where our where our current life comes uh, crashing into what could be where what is comes face-to-face with what could be. In a moment like this, I realize that um, there can be tremendous tension. I don't know if I want to let go. I don't know if I want to die to myself. Having that kind of power sounds good, but Losing myself in, in, inside of that, I, I just, and all these questions can begin to well up within us. I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that as you are wooing us, fill us with your peace. There's, if there's someone here that's like that today, and you just you're you're ready to say, you know what, I I'm ready to die to myself, I'm ready to be all in. I I, I want to be. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I I, I want to invite you to get up out of your chair, just come and kneel at one of these front row chairs that are empty here. A movement of dedication and surrender, a movement of all in, dying to your current reality and asking the Holy Spirit to consume you. If there's anyone like that here, I I, want to invite you to make that move. I'm not going to delay here for a long time. Yes, brother, come on up. Just... Just kneel right here at the front. Anybody else that's like that? You, you're ready to make this your new reality. Anybody else? Anybody else longing for that transformational power to be released in their lives? there's a member of our prayer team that can come and join him and pray with him, that would be terrific. Thank you, Greg, that you do that.
As they're praying, can we sing Blessed Assurance once again? I just I just feel like that would be a terrific. Let's just soak in that song of thanksgiving and praise. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And no other I'm an heir of salvation. I've been purchased of God. I'm born of His Spirit. I've been washed in His blood. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Oh, this is my story. This is my song. I'm praising my Savior all the day my Savior all the day long. Jesus, we thank you for the gift that you have given us. That your words were fulfilled. Thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. He's not just an occasional friend but your Holy Spirit functions as our counselor, our guide, our eye-opener. Your Holy Spirit empowers us, pours His gifts into us, giving us special understanding, special insight, even sometimes supernatural abilities to do things and know things and accomplish things, all for your kingdom purposes. Your Holy Spirit is here now speaking and wooing and drawing us nearer to you, God. Holy Spirit pointing to Jesus as Jesus points to the Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here right now in this moment with us. As my singular words are, are coming out, you are speaking, even in spite of them, to all of us at once, and it is miraculous, and it's 
supernatural. We acknowledge once again that all of this is about you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit empowering us is all about you. It's not about us. We we choose to die to ourselves and ask Holy Spirit that you would fill us with your presence. That it's less about us and more about you. That is what our new paradigm is supposed to look like. That's how it's supposed to be. That's what it's supposed to reflect. And I thank you for your grace and your mercy that is with us all along this journey of letting go and letting God. We are yours. You are ours. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. You stand with me. We want to say a blessing over you. As we move into our week, may the Lord bless you. May he fill you with his spirit. May he empower you with his presence. May you be able to walk in the light as he is in the light this week. I truly hope you have a very blessed and anointed week. See you next time. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. give you my soul I live
No, no, Jay. It all makes sense now. 